0: welcome to free speech nation the podcast with me andrew doyle i'm thrilled to welcome my guest today helen joyce helen is the uh, britain editor at the economist she's worked there for 16 years lately she's been writing more and more uh, about the gender identity uh, debate and has just produced this book this fantastic book trans when ideology meets reality helen thank you so much for joining me
1: i'm looking forward to it
0: one of the things i really want to clarify from the start because i think a lot of people are new to the debate or they get very confused uh, by what they read about online um, you mention in this, when you're talking about what gender identity means, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between sex and gender, and you describe gender identity as something like a sexed soul. Can you sort of clarify what that means for people watching?
1: Sure, I think one of the reasons this is so hard to understand is that the language is so mixed up and constantly changing, and words that we all use all the time in very ordinary everyday ways you know, have been co-opted to be used to mean something else. Mm-hmm. So, you, know, you and I are old enough, as in above about 30, let's say, uh, that, um, it's very tactful. <laughs> yes, that um, you know, a woman or a man to us just means, you know, you were conceived male or female mm. and you grew up and, you know, that's what happened. That's, yes. It's that simple. And yes, you might be vaguely aware that there's a few people who have, you know, a disorder of sex development or something like that, DSD, mm-hmm. what used to be called intersex, but the rest of us just are male yes. or female. Yes. That's not what a lot of younger people think. And... Then there's, so there's this miscommunication. They talk about man and woman as something like social roles. Yes. And when you press them and you say, well, that sounds a bit sexist, they're like, no, 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 it's not sexist. You're like, a woman can do anything, a woman can be anything. You know, fine, I agree with that. I'm a woman, I can do and be anything, but, yes. you know, within the, the constraints. But if you're not saying women are female people, like, what do you mean then? Who are the women? Like if they can do anything and they can be anyone, well, then anyone could be a woman. And then they say, well, it's a feeling. Well, a feeling of what?
0: So that's very confusing, isn't it? So if sex is the biological reality of male and female, which, which most people would agree on, and then gender is the, the kind of performative roles, you know, boys wear blue, girls wear pink, that kind of the socially constructed elements. Yes. That, so I can understand why that, in those terms, that seems straightforward enough. But increasingly, I see not necessarily trans activists, but trans allies talking about how biological sex itself Uh, is a a construct, and how even to acknowledge... I mean, we were talking on the show the other night about the Green Party, and uh, a member of the Green Party got in trouble for saying... The word woman means an adult human female, someone with the two X chromosomes. This is what that means. And that was perceived to be transphobic. So it isn't just a question about gender now, it's a question about
1: sex. Yes. So, I mean, you know, there are many strands to this story and I try and unpick what I think are the most important ones in the book. Mm. But, you know, in the 1990s, Judith Butler, who's the most famous queer theorist and gender theorist, said that, you know, sex and gender are not separate things. Mm-hmm. She had this concept of sex slash gender, which she said was socially constructed. And in particular, that... Doctors sort of made you male or female, or made you a boy or a girl by declaring which you were at birth. Yes, which you know positions what a you know what the midwife does when she says to the proud new mother, "It's a boy," as being something like what the Sorting Hat does. You know, when it says, yes. "It's a Gryffindor." You know.
0: <laughs> well, that's why they say the phrase "sex is assigned." At birth, birth, yes. But it's not, it's observed and recorded.
1: Yes, it's usually observed and recorded well before birth as well these days. Of course, yes, yes. And so people sometimes say, you know, what sex was this person when they were born? Well, they're the same sex when they were born as they were when they were conceived and the same sex as they'll be when they die because it doesn't change. We're mammals and mammals can't change sex. No mammal has ever changed sex.
0: So that would be considered a very controversial statement. Yes,
1: but isn't that bizarre because it's just a true statement?
0: But that is, the, that is the problem, isn't it? Because, because of the redefinition of what, it, what sex means. Yes. And also the, the, the... But
1: it doesn't mean anything if it doesn't mean that.
0: Yes. But also the, the, the uh, I suppose what you'd say, the dissemination of, of false scientific information. So people are now will counter you by saying, well, sex is a spectrum. Sex is not, mm. is not binary.
1: I know, but it is binary.
0: I mean, you made the point in the, in the, in the, in the book about how there are people who are born with uh, maybe one leg. But that doesn't mean we're not bipedal. a, a yeah. bipedal species. Yes, exactly.
1: And, yeah, I mean, uh, do you know what? None of us can keep up with everything that's going on, and we yeah. live in a complex world full of science and full of technology, and we're all busy and so on. So, you know, I, I thought to myself when I was writing the book, you know, if somebody tried to, catch, to, to sit me down and catch me out on this, could I actually explain how carbon moves through the atmosphere and cycles? Yes. No, <laughs> I couldn't, and I've listened to quite a lot of people pitching editorials on the subject of, you know, climate change. Yes. I, I accept it. I mean, I hope I've looked into it enough that I believe it, but basically we kind of accept the yeah. things that we're told in this complex world. Of course. So enough younger people have been told that sex is too hard to define. I mean, I've been sent emails by younger people who think that I'm a massive bigot and are trying to educate me, yeah. explaining to me how it's impossible to define the word woman in any um, you know, yes. proper, discreet, you know, freestanding way. And I mean, I can. I'm able to do it. So yeah. I well, know you do it wrong. in the book
0: very, very clearly. You know? <laughs> you
1: know? but they've been told it and more than that they've been told that anything else is bigotry.
0: So this is this is something that I really want to get on is in, 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 and it's something your book addresses very directly is the idea of we we are now expected to ac- accept a pseudo reality, a reality that doesn't really exist, one that is driven through ideology. I mean that's the subtitle of your book yeah. when, when ideology meets reality. But before before we get into that, let's, let's let me just take back to because I think there is so much confusion about uh, what this what this debate is about and I think a lot of people feel that what it is is about people who support trans rights Mm -hmm. and people who don't support trans rights. But
1: they also, what are trans rights? I mean, that's the next thing I say to people, what are trans rights? What rights do you think trans people don't have that they should have? Yes. And, um, and often people aren't able to tell you, really. No. And, I mean, if, if they can, they will say, you know, the right to not be harassed, not to be, you know, to ke- get decent healthcare. I completely agree with all of that. Yes. These are general human rights. Of course your healthcare, your work, your, where you live, these things shouldn't depend on how you present, what you call mm-hmm. yourself, your title, any of these trivial matters, you know. But if they mean it's your right to insist that everybody else... Calls you male when you're female or female when you're male. Yes, that's not self-ID. I mean, it's called that. It's called gender self-identification. It's f- everybody else are the people who have to identify you as being yeah, the gender it, that you're saying you
0: are. It's an illiberal proposition. It b- is. B- it's a.
1: It's 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 an imposition on everybody else of your version of reality.
0: Yes. Well, let me take the definition that you give in the, in, the, in the book, which is about how most people understand being trans as. You say it's a deep discomfort with one's sexed body a strong end- and strong identification with the opposite sex that only surgery to reshape the body to the extent possible could bring a measure of peace. And as you say, the idea of someone, you know, if we'd have gone back 20 years, th- this concept of someone who, as you put it, retains a physiologically normal male body but understands themselves to be a woman, because of their gender identity, and expects everyone else to agree, would have seemed nonsensical to almost everybody. This has happened very, very quickly. So all of a mm. sudden we are expected to accept the proposition that someone is a woman because they say they are, uh, even if they're physiologically male. Yeah. How did that happen so quickly, do you think?
1: So I don't know if you've ever heard the famous saying about, I think it's going broke, like how did you go broke, you know, at f- slowly at first and then suddenly.
0: Right. You know? yeah, yeah, so there yeah, was yeah, a yeah. lot
1: happening behind the scenes. Yes, you know, and I don't mean in some pulling the strings way. I just mean that you know this is the way social change happens. Mm. You know, the, the activists. It was the same for gay rights. It was the same for feminism and the fe- you know the, the the female suffrage. There's people who are campaigning for a long time yes. before it reaches the public uh, the public consciousness.
0: But I feel that with gay rights, it, it almost suddenly it felt like it it all happened very quickly, very yeah, suddenly. Yeah, it didn't.
1: I mean, if you talk to people exactly. who who founded Stonewall, you know, Stonewall. I think if I remember correctly, was founded in 1988. But there had been work before that. Yes, yeah. You know, one of my friends, um, uh, Ben. Jackson at the LGB Alliance. She has a picture of herself. I think it was in 1970 outside the LSE. Uh, I think she was must have been 17 or 18. Yeah. And the journalist says, you know, what are you doing? It was the Gay Liberation Front. She says, gay, you know, 19 gay men, and her the token lesbian.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and
1: she still has the quote saying it is important to understand that we are not ashamed to be homosexual. Yeah. 1970. Yeah, uh, you know, and then 2015 we get gay marriage. I so it's not fast. It's just that we're noticing now.
0: So I suppose it was a—it's a long, arduous process of persuasion and protest and all kinds of things. But then once there's a there's a tipping point, and everything tipping sort point. of happens very quickly. With the trans debate, I don't feel there's been a debate. I don't no, think there's no. been uh, this sort of process at all.
1: So that—that's really important. That's the big difference. So there was this sort of movement behind. You know, out of the consciousness of those of us who are just trying to get on with our lives, as mm. there was for uh, you know other uh, other identity-type movements, if you can call them that. But what, sh- what was different was that if you were trying to persuade men to allow women to vote or mm. persuade white people that black people shouldn't be treated, you know, the Jim Crow laws differently, you know, persuade heterosexual people that homosexual people could also marry, you actually had to do the work of yep. persuading them. yeah. Um, And that was partly because what you wanted wasn't just a legal change, you wanted a whole social change to to regard people in a different way, to to notice, to to see that these were distinctions without difference, that race is a distinction without difference, that from the point of view of voting, the difference between men and women shouldn't be counted. Mm -hmm. Now what you want is to see people, is, is for people to see something as a distinction without a difference when I'm afraid it is actually a difference. Right. I mean, there is a difference between men and women. Physically, fundamentally, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. And and, And so if you want people to treat it as if there isn't, debate isn't your friend. What you want is just legal change. And yes. that means that you work, you know, you work in the corridors of power. You work through um, charities, through foundations, you know, trying to influence uh, legislators, that sort of thing. You try yeah. to capture political parties. It's actually quite important that people don't know what you're doing.
0: But that that really concerns me because I've often uh, invited people from that side of the argument to debate and discuss, and they won't do it. Have,
1: yeah, I was about to say, have you ever succeeded? I and haven't.
0: No, and I think it is because, like, if you take the proposition that there are multiple sexes, that we're not a sexually dimorphic species, and you're you subject that to scrutiny and debate it falls apart very yeah. very quickly yeah. so so uh, uh, and 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 indeed the the notion of, of, of this of gender identity most people don't think it's a thing but to prove it's unfalsifiable right yes. so, so so in a debate situation it wouldn't and do you think people know that it's not so, because their excuse is not that they say people who disagree with them are the are equivalent of, yeah. of fascists or do so yes. they even go that far And you far don't debate rhetoric. fascists
1: you know punch a Nazi you don't you don't platform Nazis exactly
0: yeah. so they yeah. and th- that's their but do you think it's actually more cynical than that they, they know deep down their argument won't be upheld
1: I don't think it's consciously cynical for many people, although mm-hmm. I'm sure there are some that it is. Um, I do think that these beliefs feel different from beliefs that you hold, that you feel you can defend. Yes. I mean, to take a very trivial example, suppose, I don't know what football team you support, but suppose... None. You're a, none. Same. <laughs> Let's pretend we have a Man U supporter here. Yes. You're not going to actually enter into a sort of calm conversation on the question of whether this is the best team in the world because that's not the way they mean it when they say this is the best team. Yes, They're making a statement of belonging, of belief, of support... And if you were to if that person were to say gosh they've had a terribly bad run or, you know I now have to change my opinion in light of new facts this is no longer the best team you would say they're a terrible fan yes they would be letting themselves down so their not their their belief is not held in a way that's falsifiable and there's nothing wrong with that it's just an identity statement it's fun it's yeah, they, yeah. they hang around with their friends who have the same you yes. know fandom so, so that's a sort of belief that isn't isn't intended even to be tested mm-hmm. against reality. Yeah,
0: it can't be. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So I think this is kind of like that in some ways because it's a, I mean, for a start, it's a highly contra- counterintuitive sort of opinion, and it's a fancy opinion. It's a graduate opinion. Yes, it's not the sort of opinion that you know is kind of basic. Yeah. So you seem important if you understand that it's not possible to define woman and man properly. as yeah. I've been told. Then you know you're you're putting yourself in a certain class. It's kind of Tony, uh,
0: but it, but it is it it is self contradictory. I mean, if you, if we were to delve a little deeper into this, if we take the idea that everyone has an innate gender identity that is unique to them, and that they uh, the way that you determine what your gender identity is is you just feel it. Yeah. And yet there is no such thing as male or female. These I know, are nebulous what is things. Feeling. What is it exactly? That's, yeah. that's what I want to ask? What what are, what are you feeling? And yeah. how can it be anything? Other than uh, based on sex stereotypes, because yeah. you know, if I talk, if I think about the number of young people who now identify as non, non-binary. Well, non-binary, you're saying you don't feel that you fit into categories of male or female. But isn't that just a rarefication of those old-fashioned conservative stereotypes of what it means to be male of and course, female? of course. Isn't non-binary as a label quite quite a conservative, uh, in a weird way, a yes, conservative thing Yes, it is. It's, it's, and it's
1: saying that everybody else is binary. Like, everybody else is basic. Like, those women are happy with their heels and their makeup and their fluff and their babies and things. Yes. I love all those things, by the way, but I like other things too. <laughs> and those men like boxing and rugby be and they're tough and they never cry you know and somebody who's in between like yes. me a special more complex rounded human being can't be put in either of those boxes.
0: So th- th- this is something else that you explore in the book because you mentioned a lot of testimonies from people who who transitioned uh, or just identified, re- identified it. Yeah. and there is such a difference between those two things isn't it? so people who are just identifying but a lot of time um that those testimonies include things like, well, as a, a a little boy, I like to play with dolls, or as a little girl, I like to play football. And um, whereas when when I was growing up, it was very much um, the case that the, the progressive argument was, well, it doesn't matter if a boy wears dresses; it doesn't matter yeah. if a girl's a tomboy, and and yeah. and and, the, and and that that should have somehow somehow changed. That's an odd thing to me.
1: It is very odd, and you know that's one of the reasons this happened in a way fast as generations change and. You know, once you've become an adult and you've settled yourself in the world and maybe got married and started with family life and that, you don't notice that things are changing. And you and your cohort mm. are continuing with your own merry beliefs. You know, I thought that we had solved the question of whether men or women could do what
0: yeah, they like. anything, to, yeah.
1: You know, what they damn well pleased, basically. Yes. And I wasn't looking, but the kids aren't being taught that anymore. They're really being taught. And I mean, you know, anyone older will not believe me, but I promise you, go and look at the teaching materials. Yeah. They're being taught. You know, look at yourself and say, are you, you know, emotional or intellectual? Put yourself on that spectrum. These yeah. incredibly retrograde things. And then from that, work out your gender identity.
0: That's what I mean. It does feel regressive. It to is me. regressive.
1: It feels regressive I because mean, it is regressive. I was
0: very surprised because I hadn't heard of this before. And you mentioned in the book, um, the Mermaids uh, yes. group, which is a, a, a group that campaigns for transgender youth. And you say that there was a leaked um, uh, presentation from one of their training sessions.
1: Yeah, a teacher recorded it.
0: Secretly recorded, in which yep. in which we saw a spe- sex spectrum demonstrated on the screen by Barbie at one end and M-G-I- GI
1: Joe at the other G-I- end. Now,
0: this that's like the oldest fashion conservative view of what who it means. I wouldn't
1: think that they were non-binary if you were, you know, <laughs> six to 15 or something and some teacher tells you this. I mean, anyone who isn't non-binary really
0: has a problem. I a mean, binary well, means Barbie and G.I. Joe. I wasn't a gender-conforming child. I didn't play... I hated football. Yeah, yeah. I had to pretend to support a team because I knew the other boys wouldn't... Uh, you know, I did ballet, yeah. for God's sake. you know did so I How yeah. lovely. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that... So, I, I... I I, it resonates with me, because yes. I feel if someone would have yes. said to me back then, when well, you like ballet, you don't like doing what the other boys yeah, do, you're you maybe a girl. People
1: are literally doing that now. If you have a really highly notably gender non-conforming child, and I don't mean a kid who just likes a mixture of things, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean one of these striking children that you look at when you're when they're two, three, four, and you think, oh, that's really unusual. Yes. You will find, you know, if you're in a progressive area of North London or wherever, that other parents will say, have you considered that uh, she and it's a little boy, It yes. might be trans. Yes. And they think they're being progressive, but what they're saying is your little boy is so girly that he has to be a girl. And the really important thing, the thing that I was most shocked about when I discovered it fairly early in my research, is all the research shows this very strong link between being really highly notably gender non-conforming early yes. and growing up to be gay. Yes. This is like, you know, if you talk to an honest child developmental psychologist, that's a completely known fact, like really strongly known, evidence from 50 plus years all over the world. It's a predictor,
0: so gender non-conforming children for the most part will be gay, gay adults. Not, not sort of. necessarily
1: for the most part, because gay people are a small minority. Yeah, OK. So, you know, if you've got, like, say, 3% gay people, just to pick a figure, yeah. and 97% not, yes. you would have to... You, it's, you're, you're maybe two or three dozen times more likely to be. I
0: see. OK, But then yes, there's see. still
1: quite a lot of 97, 97% who yes. will be, you know, just really unusually gender non-conforming. That, that, that's very clear, I yes. often think yeah. of Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. OK. You know, happily married man, you know, but just the yeah. hair, the yeah, makeup, yeah, yeah, you know, Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, that's very clear. I'm glad you've clarified that. Yeah, and, and but, I think, but
1: lots of them are. Lots of these kids are, and it is a predictor.
0: Well, because you've said, I mean, you put it so well in the book. I'm going to quote you here. You say a generation ago, progressives campaigned for schools to crack down on taunts about gay boys being girls. Now the bullies are presented as right. This really, uh, that really resonates with me. I think that's right. And you even mentioned now, uh, and I'd heard this before, that within the Tavistock Clinic, which is the NHS clinic, which deals with um, um, gender dysphoria in in children, uh, there was a private joke among the staff uh, about there soon won't be any gay kids left. In other words... Even those who are involved in the process and the charities are aware of the implications of this for gay yeah. people. And in addition to that, you know, I've spoken to a number of gay activists from yesteryear who say they've come out of retirement because what they That's feel right. is going on is, uh, and, and maybe you can elaborate on this, do you think this is alarmist, but they feel in a way it's a kind of rehabilitated homophobia going on here. Do you think no, there's anything I do to think that?
1: it's true. I really do. I mean, not, you know, not everybody, by no means everybody. Yeah um but there's you, you know if you if you imagine you know if you imagine a very heterosexual father you know, the sort of man who really was looking forward when he heard it was a boy, really looking forward to going to the football with him. You know, just a great guy. Yeah. And then he has one of these little kids. And, I mean, I know I know kids like this. Mm. And this is not just that they like playing with their older sisters, uh, you know, dolls. My yeah. my little brothers used to play with my dolls. They used to hit things with them and pull the legs out and chew them and things like that. Yeah, well, that's know? more of a masculine... <laughs> yes, I know, but you could say they were playing with the dolls, you know. But there are these little boys who are just kind of... Camp Flouncy, yeah. you know. It's I mean, camp sounds too adult in a way. I call them swishy. Okay. okay. Fay, you know, they're really quite likely to grow up to be gay. Yeah, and they people used no to call idea. them pre-gay. Yeah. That was yeah. The to, or proto-gay or pre-gay. Yeah. 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 Because it's not. It's not sexual yet. They they don't know. They don't have a sexual feeling. They need to get into puberty, and then their body tells them what it is. Why they've always been so yeah, different.
0: There's a whole Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about this with a young a young boy who's so obviously going to turn out gay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. his mother just won't see but it. Yet. So
1: that's not said now because. There's these myths that, you know, actually we're the same from the head up, even though we're not the same from the, you know, from the neck up, from uh, that we are from the neck down. Yes. You know, that um, gay men don't have to be camp, which is true. Lots of gay men aren't camp. That's true. Um, and lots of lesbians aren't butch, but mm-hmm. quite a lot of them are. Yes. You know? And
0: similarly with gay men, yeah. a significant proportion are. Yes, that's right. Are. I, I and can and, um, normally tell from the from the voice. I'm no good.
1: <laughs> I'm absolutely no good at it. I've just not, go- I've got no gay door, but um, yeah. and I, just, I just don't care anyway. I mean, no, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um... And a lot of, I mean, one gay man, this is a slight detour, but one gay man who researches these things said to me that... um in a, in a Western culture where there are no third gender ideas, yeah. gay men who realise that's what they are in in puberty have to butch up, they oh, have yeah. to toughen yeah, up yeah, big time yeah. because yeah. they won't be attractive otherwise, they won't have a sex life otherwise. Right. So you know, if, if you're in a country where, um, like in, in Samoa, where there's this third gender option, where these very, very notably effeminate little boys mm-hmm. are sort of funneled into this way of seen as a third gender called the fafafine, and they wear women's clothes, they're not seen as women. Yeah. But they're not seen as men either. They're seen as a third category. They are. They don't butch up. Right. They still swish around the place because nobody's made them, you know.
0: But aren't they used as evidence to say that sex is a spectrum?
1: Yeah. But I mean, there was, I put it in the book. I put a lovely quote from the Samoan prime minister when he was talking about this because um, Samoa, funnily enough, is the world's women's weightlifting. Right. producer of all the champions. They have these incredibly strong, large women who yeah. win the, the, the weightlifting championships, but now they're being beaten by males who identify as women, including a particular New Zealander who's going to be in the Olympics as the first openly transgender. Uh, I guess he's Laurel German, Hubbard. Laurel right. Hubbard, who is a, a New Zealander who transitioned pretty recently, like maybe five, six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a male in their 40s, um, and is beating the Samoan women who are 17 to 22, prime weightlifting age, you know. Yes. Literally the world's strongest women. And uh, this fairly out-of-condition, middle-aged man, sorry, it was never very good as a man, as a woman now, yes. is world-class. It's, and so the Samoan Prime Minister said, you know, if you want to compete in a fine league, send your fafafines and we will send our fines and they can compete. But this male does not belong in the women's competition. It's very interesting.
0: Uh, it's, it's, even as we're talking about it, you, know, you say man or male and then you think, have I said the wrong thing? And yeah, you know, and I,
1: I use the words male and female and I I, I will not give those words up. They are yeah. biological words for things that not just humans, but artichokes and holly bushes and, yes. you know, sharks, whatever you like, are as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these are things that well, go way back well, in Well, this evolution. is it.
0: I mean, I, I you know, if, if someone transitions or wants to present as the opposite sex, I have no problem with using those pronouns. I have no problem with out of courtesy doing that, I'm using the name that they want to use. I have no problem with any of this. But I won't pretend... Uh, that biological re- reality has been thwarted.
1: Exactly. So I use the words male and female as this bedrock biological reality. Yeah. It's rather hard, I have to say, when you're looking at a male person to remember that you are meant to say she.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: People do trip up. and it's, Of course, yeah, inevitably, yeah, it's, yeah. It's quite funny looking at some of the really most, uh, shall we say, vigorous... Uh, trans rights activists, you know, harassing and haranguing women yes. on social media and then slipping up
0: themselves. It happens all the time. Yeah. I see it all the it's time. It's hysterical. Particularly with the use of they as a singular exactly, pronoun. Exactly. Because you can't sustain it you know, because it's counterintuitive. It is. The language actually hasn't evolved to that point. It, most people just don't understand that. But I don't that. think it
1: ever will because, I, I mean, you know, this is we will have to wait and see. Yes. I, I believe that we are strongly still mammals. We managed to forget it. We put on our suits and our high heels and yeah. we had we ourselves into TV studios and the like. <laughs> and we forget that we are, you know, just hairless monkeys.
0: Um, <laughs> bringing me back down to earth here. This you is know, my glamour. What about my glamour? I d- I oh, well,
1: we're glamorous monkeys. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know? So we are mammals and we, um, we are a sexually reproducing mammalian species who were equipped you know, unsurprisingly, by evolution, with the ability to tell with very great accuracy what mm-hmm. sex somebody is when we meet them. Yes, it's quite important.
0: Yeah, So yeah.
1: it's not very easy to keep remembering that. But that's, you're
0: that's why it's kind of it's a courtesy because you're making an effort to to, yeah. to, to extend the yeah the point. I think I think with the. Um with the the non-binary pronouns, with the they-them thing. I mean, because I'm, I'm fully for the idea that language can evolve. And, oh, sure. And, and that's not... My problem is when it is imposed, when yes. when basically people are saying, no, we decide what language should be, and we will yeah. punish you if you don't go along with yes. it. But that, to me, I can't get on board with, because I feel that's a kind of creeping authoritarianism.
1: Oh, I don't think it's creeping.
0: You think it's just authoritarianism? <laughs> it's like slam, yeah, you know, you're trying lose to lose your job. trying to be diplomatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's... It's interesting that you mentioned Laurel Hubbard as well, because I wonder whether... If Laurel Hubbard wins gold, whether that image of, of Laurel Hubbard on the podium, obviously physically male, male, yeah, whether that might wake people up to what's going on here, because I think well, that kind of emotive image might do the
1: you know there's an the image trick. like that already from I think 2019 when Laurel Hubbard won gold at the Pacific Games. Now I know the world wasn't watching, but the image is there. Yes, there's this male person on the podium, and there's these two two of the world's strongest women standing on either side, looking away because yes,
0: looking a bit gutted. Yes, but so I
1: think doing the nearest they could do to a protest without actually being uh, oh, really interesting. out of um, sport.
0: Yes. Well, uh, I just yeah. wonder with the Olympics coming up whether that's something that, because it's not what, just about the what unfairness. Worries me, is it? What it,
1: worries me is that um, Hubbard will will not win gold mm-hmm. because there's this idiotic argument that if a tra- if a trans person doesn't win, then they didn't have an unfair advantage.
0: In, okay, interesting. Can you can you explain okay. that bit further?
1: So, I, I mean, if any of your your listeners, if any if any of our listeners don't know. Um, Men really are stronger than women. Try arm wrestling. If you're a woman, try arm wrestling your 16-year-old son. Yes. And, you know, you will find this out pretty quickly. So, I mean, I had some statistics in the book. So well, for I've
0: actually got them here. Right. You, you, I, you, you why don't us. I read out yes. what you say? You say, the average adult man has 41% more non-fat body mass, blood, bones, muscles, and so on, than the average woman. 50% more muscle mass in his legs and 75% more in his arms. His legs are 70, 65% stronger and his upper body is 90% stronger. Now... Because some adult men are weaker than some... W- w- my, my female friends could beat me to a bloody pulp because I'm a weak man, you know, but... You'd be surprised. Uh, well, you think m- maybe that. I'm stronger than I think. You, know, but
1: you think that, like, you know, you... you have you ever tried punching a woman? Probably no. not. So this is the thing. So, I mean, I'm lucky enough that no man has ever tried to hit me. Yes. So I'm able to think that I'm stronger than I am. And then we watch these, you know, I mean, I love them. My God, I love the Avenger films. I love all superhero films. But I mean, it's ridiculous, the Black Widow. You know, I haven't going. seen this. this no, but just, but, just a human. Not She's not just, a, you know, a female.
0: She's human. But And even, there's gods. And she's beating them, you know. Even if it were the case that I was... Weaker than a lot of my female friends. That wouldn't disprove the point. That average, that, uh, that yeah. The, that the average yeah. is clear.
1: And and so so what, um, what? what? The concept you're looking for is the concept of male sporting advantage. Yes. You take two people who are exceptional to the same extent. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael Phelps is not just male, he's exceptional in many, in many, many ways for a male. Yes. Like, amazing wingspan, huge feet, very flexible ankles that like make his feet like flippers, yeah. you know. Bunch of other stuff about, you know, how much, you know, size of his lungs, etc. And obviously, amazing drive and brilliantly trained and everything. And that's why he's the person who has won the most gold medals ever yeah. in the Olympics. Right, so now imagine a woman who has all of those things, that, you know, compared with the average woman, she's that much taller. Compared to the average woman, she has that wing size. Yes. Compared to the average foot size, she has those feet, da-da-da, but she's XX, not XY. She doesn't go through this puberty that's driven by testosterone. Yes. She will be a certain amount behind Michael Phelps. So that's the, so so the main advantage. Puberty
0: is the key point, then. Yes, puberty is be, the key becau- point. Because the counter-argument that I've often heard is, well... Uh, trans women in sport take um uh, they suppress their testosterone
1: yes now not in every sport they don't in the olympics yes they do but anyway that's irrelevant um puberty is a gateway you go down one of two paths and you can never undo that Mm -hmm. so the things that puberty does to the the body you know it's it's not just that you grow bigger and you you know your shoulders grow wider your hips don't grow wider a bunch of stuff
0: yes i see And, and 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 also so in addition to the this question of Fairness, you know, women who have worked their whole life to, to achieve yeah. and they, they don't have the opportunity to because they're pushed out of the court. So there's that. But there is also the question of safety, and this is something yeah. that comes up again and again. And I know that you you quote here uh, uh, the former coach of the South African rugby team um Heineke Meyer, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I asked it, my
1: Dutch friend, um, Hanneke Meyer. Hanneke Meyer, Or oh, right. Meyer, something like Hanukkah that. Meyer. I need to
0: check. Well, um, it's not a name we're familiar with, so I'm, I think it's fair. Yeah, I may <laughs> have got that
1: wrong. Really, really sorry if I butchered that again to my lovely Dutch
0: colleague. But <laughs> Meyer says, uh, ballroom dancing is a contact sport, rugby is a collision sport, yes. and... I know that there have been some. I think the Rugby Federation has said that you know we can't have. Um, so the w- World Rugby has. Okay. Um,
1: I'm sorry to say that In- uh, Rugby England has said that it's fine.
0: So I mean, but,
1: but that's women, the point at which you wonder about you know some brain rot or something. But this is it? my
0: point. Because once women start break, having their bones broken and there's, you know, I know, that that surely the safety issue has to be taken. So that's not something you can wish away through ideology, is what? Well, I'm they're saying. trying
1: as hard as they can. But that's. I know. I know. Uh, so I mean. I I was thinking, like, it's one of those things you tend to think when, you know, we all think it naively. If you're not a lawyer, you think, you know, there must be something that can be done. So what are the two routes that you could take to say this is unfair if you sat down legally? So one of them is personal injury. Yes. You have to wait for the personal injury to happen. Yeah. I don't want to wait until a woman has a broken neck. Yes. And then say, my goodness, that was because this was unfair. Yeah, yeah. And even then, you know, there are multiple factors in any accident. You could say, well, you know, this male person could have been allowed in property if the referee hadn't allowed this unfair scrum to go ahead or something. Yeah. The other one is what's called indirect discrimination. I have learned so much law writing this book. So direct discrimination is if you say, uh, with no blacks allowed, no Irish allowed. right? Yes. Indirect discrimination is when you say, everybody can come here, but I'm going to make it on Friday evening. And somebody goes, well, what about your Orthodox Jewish uh, staff? Yes. You know, and you're like, oh, that's indirect discrimination. It's a practice that that indirectly discriminates against a group, even though facially it's neutral. I see. Right? So if you say, well, you know, I'm not keeping any women out of rugby. Yeah, You're not discriminating against them, but you're doing a practice that is harmful to them, and there's no equivalent harmful practice to men because men are at no risk if you allow females to identify into their sport. That would be the argument. But indirect discrimination is very hard to prove because it's quite a sort of series of steps.
0: And it's also very hard to. And you have to, to
1: do it first. It yes, has to happen.
0: But it's also very hard to argue about because those who do present the argument, and I'm thinking actually in female athletes like Martina Navratilova, Sharon yeah. Davis. Oh my God. You know, when they say this. Yeah. They get pilloried. I mean, Martina yep. Navratilova, who's done so much work for gay rights. That's right. Was suddenly de- de- denounced as not oh, a real dumped. lesbian or n- not, dumped, not yeah. part of the LGBT community. I
1: spoke to her for the book. I mean, she's a he- she's an absolute hero. She really is. And she said that for her, this fight was exactly the same as the fight to, be, to come out as a lesbian back there in right. the 1970s or whenever it was, 1980s. I can't remember. Uh, she said that that was about fairness. This is about fairness. She yes. said she lost sponsors then. She lost sponsors now. For her, it's exactly the same. She just and hates unfairness.
0: The and the, the, the your detractors would say, "Well, actually, all they're trying to do is they are replicating the fight for gay rights that happened." Yeah, they, they would they, say that. Yeah, they're the th-
1: pulling the ladder up after them. Well, sort of thing. you
0: know, this is it. They would say that the the this, and I've seen it a lot since um, that Channel Four series came. What was the series? It's a sin, and, and it was yeah. about the AIDS crisis. And, yeah. and, and and a lot of people were saying there were even some commentators saying. How dare these um, these gender critical feminists say they like the show because they are replicating the kind yeah. of prejudice yeah. that gay people used to receive. And actually, it's not the same for mm. all, all sorts of reasons. One, I have to say, is when I was a kid, you would commonly hear openly uh, homophobic comments from teachers, even know, just, yeah. just on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear openly transphobic comments anyway I'm not saying yeah. people aren't no 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 absolutely uh, you know, I'm saying they're just. it's just not as widespread as that it's also that the words are used in totally different ways so when what
1: homophobia means is an irrational prejudice against people who are sexually attracted to or in a relationship with someone of the same sex mm-hmm. or that you think might be yes like who acts in a way that makes you think or whatever you know yeah now, if, you're not, if you don't want to be in a sexual relationship with somebody, it's kind of none of your business who they're in a sexual relationship with. Yeah. So, what's your rational fear? Like, you know, what's your fear or dislike? It's just nosiness on yes. your part. Yes. Transphobia. Could be similar. It could be that you look at a man and, you know, and you think that's not actually really a man. That's a woman dressed up as a man. I hate people like that, you know, whatever. That yeah. would be transphobia. That would be the same. And that, that's it, not what they mean.
0: No, it's not what they mean. That's right. Because that, that I am sure I can envisage that. I can see yes. that there will be and some... There,
1: it's more against, of course, trans women because it's men who are punished much more severely yes. for, you know, turning out. Okay, turning so, them
0: so we acknowledge that the... There if, certainly is transphobia. That it's a thing. That yeah. there is there are yeah. people who hate Trans people irrationally, yeah. simply because they are and it's hateful. It's very, people. very like homophobia. It's right, the, it's right. it's
1: basically the same in the sense that it is an, an a, you know irrational fear, disgust, loathing, whatever uh, of people who you know transgress the rules yes, yes, for the sexes.
0: Right. But the problem I have is that whenever, for instance, say Stonewall is criticised, they interpret any criticism, however legitimate, as, as evidence of hate and transphobia. Yeah. So, in other words. I don't think I've ever even heard the word transphobia used accurately in this whole debate. It's no. always pinned to.
1: You have to talk to a trans person. Mm. Um, you, you, if you talk to a trans person and they tell you about you know some of the things that are said when they walk down the street, that's right. transphobia. Yes. And that's but when, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. Eddie Azard talked about, uh, I will say he, because I'm talking about the time that Eddie Azard described himself as a man in a dress. He yes. talked about when he first started cross dressing that he went into a public toilet and he got changed for the very first time to go out and publicly dressed as a woman. Yeah. And he came out of the cubicle and there were three 15 year old girls standing there who shouted at him and said, What are you doing in here? Right. He calls that transphobia. Right. I'm sorry, it was the women's lose. They were probably scared. Yes. There was this grown
0: man so it's a coming com- out. So it's a conflation.
1: Yeah. Of, yeah. He was in the wrong place. He shouldn't have been there. And again, I'm saying he, because this was Eddie Azard when Eddie Azard was identifying as a man. I'm not trying to misgender anyone, you know, like you. I try to be polite and use the pronouns that people want. But I'm talking about a historic event here. Yes, you know? yes. Historical. Um Yeah. So, so so that's described as transphobia but I don't think it is because so, it's not it's not irrational.
0: So then this is this is crazy because how how can we have this debate that we need to have? I mean I'm sure that People reading some people, some critics of your book will, will call it transphobic. But oh saying, yeah, no, it's happened already. Yeah, yeah. And, and that means that, and and it's obviously not. So this is the key point: is that it's it's so obvious. You're so obviously for equal rights for everyone. Yeah. You're so obviously compassionate about people with gender dysphoria. This is a, this is a question that we have to have about the notion of gender identity ideology and yep. what it does. And you you quote actually Sharon Davis talking about how lots of athletes and parents. Contact her privately. Oh, yeah, she never
1: hears anything the other way privately. It's it's hundreds I, of people.
0: And I've experienced this as well, me too. Lots, lots of people in the media yep. or in politics, and they say to me, I can't express my views on this openly. I yep. think and, and there is a kind of consensus. Everyone gets yep. it when you talk about it. Yep. But they know, and this is where what I wanted to come on to, they know that to to even explore the issues, even to ask for the conversation, is to invite uh threats, bullying, harassment, violence, yep. etc. So how, how do we get out of that situation? I mean, you, you've made a good start by writing a very accessible
1: So, book, So th- these things, it's, um, it's, it's safety in numbers. Right. I mean, Maya Forstatter, who's someone I admire hugely, so for those who don't know, Maya lost her job, um, goodness me, what, two and a half years ago? It must be now. Yes. Uh, at the time, there was a public consultation on changing the current system here. The current system is that you can change the sex on your birth certificate after going through a fairly medical gate process. Yeah. You don't have to have surgery. Yes. So it is still possible to have F written on your um, birth certificate while still having, you know, yep. the full no. male genitalia, shall yes, we say? Yes. Uh, and that there are people like that. So, but it's a quite, you know, it's a quite, a quite a process, and doctors have to sign off on it and say that seriously you do have gender dysphoria. And the government was consulting on just changing to a system where you would just fill in a form.
0: Yes, the g- gender, gender Recognition self, yeah, Act. Yeah, Gender
1: Recognition Act would be um, changed gender self-ID. And the government had an open consultation on this and actually invited people to say what they thought. And yes. Maya worked in a think tank at the time, and she tweeted a bit about it. Yes. Not about any individuals. She didn't have any trans colleagues. She didn't harass anybody, anything like that. Yeah. She just said she didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah. And she explained why. Yes. And she lost her job for that. Yes. Uh, So she went to uh, an employment tribunal to say that this was unfair. And in fact, the the judge in the first tribunal said that it wasn't unfair, that her belief that male and female were, you know, immutable things was uh, not worthy of respect in a democratic society. I
0: remember this was a shocking development, I thought.
1: absolutely. So that was, I think... Uh, that must have been Christmas 2019 that happened. Yes. Now she fairly recently went back to to the higher court, and they overturned that ruling and established that, noticing that there are two types of human being and that they don't
0: turn into each other. I think other. that was a key decision, because it had that not have happened, yeah. it would have meant the, the discussions would have been legally prescribed as well as That's right, because, the, because yeah. the
1: first um, the first employment tribunal doesn't actually set precedent, whereas the second one does. Yes. So it is now legally the case that it is a protected belief to say that you understand that male and female are not the same thing. And and people at that point, they commonly say, but that's not a belief, that's just reality. Yes, There's actually a sort of second element to it, which is Maya's belief isn't just that there are two types of humans, because you could believe that and think it's totally unimportant. Mm -hmm. She says it's actually important to take that into consideration, in particular for women's rights. Yes. So if you don't accept, if you don't notice that there are, there's one class of human beings that gets pregnant, that gets raped, that is physically weaker, that doesn't commit most of the violent crime, that experiences a lot of the violent crime, you will be unfair to women, even if you think you're not being. So women's rights will be damaged unless you recognise that women are a separate sex.
0: So I think this is an absolutely key point and, and why there is such dissent now. And such a um, such a problem be- between feminism. Feminism. Feminism is it split. Feels yes, it's completely split. And yes. I think I think people out there who are not part of these debates are not in these turbulent waters. And I waters. wasn't, by the way. No, no. So you know, well, it was all a surprise to me. You'll know that I, th- I think a lot of people don't quite understand what's going on because you know now now we talk about the LGBT community. As I've already outlined, a lot of gay people uh, feel that there is conflict here. Yeah. And and actually, yeah. and and you make the point because Stonewall, to give an example, redefined homosexuality on their website, now it, it used to mean same-sex attracted. They redefined it to mean same-gender attracted. Yeah. But, of course, a gay man is not attracted to someone because of how they identify. I mean, if I say
1: I'm a man, I'm just not
0: part of the dating pool of a gay man. I'm just not. That's the point. The, yes. The I mean, I could say is, I am, but I'm not. And actually, this is at the core of not just what it means to be gay, but also the struggle for gay rights.
1: Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And,
0: and so the idea that, that that uh, you know, that it that we can just redefine that. It's absolutely bizarre. I've even heard it described as a homophobic policy or a homophobic idea.
1: I've seen seen some videos. TikTok is very interesting for some of the craziest videos. So there's one that, honestly, it's just the most extraordinary video. It's this woman, um, young woman, and she's explaining how she's a lesbian and how it was very difficult to understand what she actually thought she was. It was something like, I'm a non-binary lesbian who uses they, them, anyway. She was trying to say that she was a female person who found female people attractive. Yes. And she said, you know, her, for her it was very hard to think that perhaps she might find a trans woman attractive. But, you know, she learned to try it. She learned, right. and, and, and honestly, her eyes glazed and she looked like, you know, someone in some, you know, very, very weird cultish you know, American, deep South sort of gone through conversion therapy saying that, you know, she'd learned to like sleeping with male body. Wow. You know, it was absolutely you see, horrible.
0: I, I keep hearing this, this, this notion of gender... Genital preferences being a transphobic thing, right? Which is
1: just a way and of saying, you know, learn to love the dick.
0: Which is what homo uh, anti-gay, or, yeah. uh, anti-lesbian people used to yes, say all the time. Yes, and yes, yes.
1: You and, know, if you, you, you might like it, just try it. There might be the there might be the woman out there for you. You might not be gay. There might be one woman if you find the right woman.
0: Well, that's what I mean about this reinscribing of old old prejudices, but in in a progressive gloss. And and I know people say, well, that phrase, gender tra- um, genital preferences are transphobic, is a, isn't a common thing. It's just the extremes we're saying. It it. Is
1: the logic of the yeah. ideology. Yeah. So that's why the book is about an idea. The idea sounds simple. I mean that's the first sentence of the book as you know this is a book about an idea. Yes. One that seems simple but has far-reaching consequences. Yes. Right. So that idea is the idea that what makes you a man and me a woman is not that you were conceived one way and I was conceived another and we went along two different pathways in our development through our lives as a result. Yes. It's that you say you're a man and I say I'm a woman. Yes. And you could say you're a woman and I could say I'm a man, and we would all have to go along with that. With no change of clothing, no change of appearance, no change of anything. I will be the man and you will be the woman. And, you know, that sounds absurd, but there's no stopping point between saying anyone can identify how they like and, and me saying I have to treat you as a lovely woman.
0: And, and besides, you know, so, some very prominent mainstream people are making these statements. They uh, are. Veronica Ivey, for instance, the, yes. the cyclist. I wouldn't say Veronica Ivey is very mainstream. No, I would but agree. Quite actually, prominent. But, but prominent, certainly. Yes, saying, yes, yes. That, ge- saying that genital uh, preferences are transphobic. So, And, and I, I'm glad you've raised this because I think this gets to the core of, of the, the issue with feminism. Is that is that so much of feminist thought over the past decades has been based on this on this premise, that gender is a social construct, yeah, and that actually women's uh, rights... Depend on saying that. Yes, yeah. and, they de- and they depend on an acknowledgement of biological reality, because that's why women are less safe. They, yeah, yeah so-, so there's
1: this real tension. So a lot of feminists, and I can tell you as one, you know, you bristle when people say, you know, women are less suited to X. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I am actually genuinely less suited to a job as a firefighter. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you read out the figures, there's an upper body strength issue. Yes. There are women who are firefighters. I know some of them. Yeah. Good for them. They're very unusual. Yeah. Quite ordinary men can be firefighters. Right. Really a very unusual. Woman. And then and then on the other side like it's not surprising that women like babies more. Yeah. You know, I did spend nine months twice with one inside me.
0: There are evolutionary reasons why this might be the case.
1: Yes. I I, I keep saying this, but I I mean, I just, I keep having to use it, you know, at The Economist, I do hear what economists say. And one of the (laughs) jokes that economists make is, you know, you've got two economists walking down the street. They see, you know, a dollar bill on the sidewalk, walk past. Yes. And one of them says, why didn't you pick up the dollar bill? And the other one says, uh, there's no free money. You know, someone else will have picked it up already. Yeah. So evolution is that. Evolution does not leave dollar bills on sidewalks. If it would have helped us to survive, it has already happened, basically. Yes, yes. I mean, there are exceptions. But, you know... You know, imagine men and women were equally interested in babies, good at looking after them, da-da-da. There would be dollar bills all over the sidewalk. Evolution's got rid of that. No, women like babies better. Women are better at looking after babies. Doesn't mean men can't. Doesn't mean they can't clean up after them. Doesn't mean they can't change nappies. Doesn't mean they can't take maternity leave. It just means women are more interested in babies. That's all.
0: Yes. And I I think feminists are concerned about this idea of, I suppose... Well, let's go back to stereotypes because it's interesting that a friend of mine <laughs> sent me this morning some tweets that had been sent. It was a conversation between various uh, trans women uh, and they were asking each other how, how could, what are the best things to make yourself feel more like a woman? And, and this, these are some of the ones. Uh, have you worked on your handwriting at all? Oh, Grab some fun oh, coloured pens see. and work on your signature. Grab some girly stationery and uh, add soft music, candles and tea. Someone else suggests um, they like letting their hips and butts sway as they walk. Try walking in a coquettish... So they're just taking the, the most regressive stereotypes about women and trying to enact them. I know that a lot of trans women don't, for instance, uh, dress as butch lesbians or anything like that. It's, it's, a, it's a very clear idea. Yeah. So I can see why feminists... Have a problem with this because it, yeah. it, it it sounds a bit like misogyny.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean I have t- I have two sort of s- they sound like they're clashing ideas about this. So one okay. is uh, there's no question whether people think that I'm a woman. I'm a fairly ordinary looking female person. So yes. people could you know read me as a woman. So I can wear what I like and nobody mistakes me for a man.
0: Yeah. And
1: believe me, I do.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> you know,
1: and I've short hair and I mostly don't wear makeup and I put my heels on specially for you. So <laughs> um, yeah. So but now imagine you're actually male. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it is more important to you than anything else that people think you're a woman. You can't yeah. do what I can do and yes. just go around the place without putting some effort in.
0: I see. Yes, so yes, So you're yes.
1: doing these things and I know trans people I really respect and like who don't believe any of this ideology nonsense. Yeah. They're deeply gender dysphoric. They need to find a way to move in this world. And those people put a level of effort in that I just don't have to and well, I'm sorry for them as a result. That's a really
0: interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. So it's been a, in a sense, it makes sense why people would want to embrace yes. stereotypes under those
1: circumstances. Yes, so, so you know, and I have nothing against that I I mean people have to do what they have to do to live in this world yeah yeah so if you are a male person and you want people to understand somebody once said it to me they said um, most trans people don't pass as the opposite sex they pass as trans yeah so you meet them and you understand what this person is trying to do and if you were a nice non-prejudiced person and they're not doing something ridiculous like trying to get into women's sports or you know demanding access to the rape crisis center or something like that you feel a deep sympathy and you want to help them, you yeah, know? absolutely. And um, so you don't make comments or, or unless you're a nasty person. Yeah. So that's that's why. But then when they sort of suggest that that's what makes you a woman, because that's the bit that bothers me. It's the ideology bit that bothers me. Yes. Because in order to try and make this feel as complete a fantasy as possible, you go beyond saying, look, I accept I'm male that really bothers me. I need to move around the world with people accepting me as female as much as I can. So I'm going to do these things. Hopefully people will be nice. Some of them aren't nice, but there you go. I'll do my best. They say those are the things that make everybody women, not just me look like a woman. Everybody is a woman. So suddenly, you know, if you're not womanly enough, you're cast out of womanhood or we all have to do it or that's what it means or you pretend that biology isn't real. You know, it's so
0: irritating. That's really interesting. What about the, um, this question that you've raised now about... about uh, you mentioned the refuge centres, uh, for instance. And let's go back to the actual practical issues of, yes. of of being a woman in a world where the overwhelming majority of violence against women is committed by men. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Yep. Um, and there is obviously good reason why women who have been through domestic abuse and violence... Uh, would not like to be with male bodied people in a refuge center or a, a c- certain spaces that strikes me as an obvious proposition yeah. and and people will say when i say that you know i'm scaremongering uh, you know there isn't an epidemic of of uh, men identifying as women to get into toilets to commit sexual assault and that's true there isn't an epidemic of that no kind there of will things. be some how, how, so how would you counter that how would,
1: yeah so two ways one is that safeguarding rules are not about the extremes we don't say you know most men aren't pedophiles so let's not bother checking who becomes a teacher Right. No, we check who becomes a teacher because some men are paedophiles. Yes. So that's the first thing. Got it. And then the second thing is that it's not actually just all about rape and violence for women. I mean, you know, maybe a quarter of women have experienced some sort of serious violence or sexual violence, yeah. like, you know, intimate partner violence, sexual violence. Nearly all women will have had some disturbing and unpleasant experiences with men, whether that's flashing or groping or yeah. the tube or whatever. And if you want to run a centre for traumatised people, as those who have experienced um, sexual assault or domestic partner abuse, yes. um, you will have to run a trauma-informed service. And trauma-informed service understands that people, you know, we, we are animals, I know I've said this already, people have instinctive and instinctual responses to threat and to fear. Yeah. You're going to need a female-only space for yes. a while for yes. people to, to heal. That's no insult to most men. It seems most obvious. Of, yeah, really. Like, really, I know most men aren't rapists. Yeah. I mean, there was this very stupid, stupid phone-in a while ago on a radio station. I won't say which particular radio host, but he I mean, was particularly annoying. And uh, he, was, he was berating a woman who called in to say that she didn't like mixed changing rooms. And yeah. he said, you know, why would you object to me being in the cubicle next to you? Do you think that I'm going to do something? Yes. That's not the point. The point is that I can't tell which men are going to do something. I need you all out, thanks. But also I feel
0: uncomfortable. So last, I think it was just two weeks ago, there was a big um, uh, debacle in a spa in America. Oh, yeah. Because a woman complained because uh, a, na- a naked male-bodied person walked up to her and her young daughter. And she was complaining, but she was called a, a bigot. Yes. For raising the complaint. I... I don't think it's unreasonable that in a women's changing area that you're not going to see a penis. I don't think that's unreasonable. No, it really
1: isn't. And most people think it isn't. But in California, the law is that you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of either sex or gender identity. Now, imagine you're a busy legislator. That sounds fine. Yes. You know, you don't know what the problem is. Yeah. But gender identity means that you can say you're a woman. And I mean, you know, I could say, well, you're putting it on. But I mean, this is not a falsifiable thing that you say you're a woman. Yes. So I I have no grounds upon which to challenge this statement. So if you say that a spa, this particular spa, it's a Korean spa, and it has sex separated bits. Yeah. And you're entirely naked. Yes. Like you go in and you use the hot tub or whatever, you're completely naked and you're in, in these sex separated bits. Uh, You can't discriminate on the basis of gender identity. You can't turn anyone away if they say that they're the sex that is there. So, I mean, you know, you could say, well, this is just exceptional. But again, safeguarding is meant to be to try to stop the exceptional situations. Absolutely extraordinary editorial in the L.A. Times, which is the biggest newspaper for L.A., like old, proper newspaper, explaining very carefully that maybe, you know, women need to be educated out of their bigotry and they shouldn't be insulted and put down about this. Uh, but, you know, really, they would have to learn to cope with the fact that there are male-seeming or male-appearing genitals. And I'm reading this thing, and I'm going... They look like they're male because they are male. Well, it's that
0: denial of reality again. And, I know. And it's and it's male, also this
1: male appearing genitals, for goodness' sake. And then there was another extraordinary article that I read it was a bit older because this has been happening for years. California. Yeah, California's yeah. yeah. This was just years. a viral video that went exactly you know, because yeah. somebody had a phone, their phone out. Yes. And the other one, it was even madder. They quoted a trans woman who does this, who goes around the place and strips off and deliberately goes into yes. places. And it said um, she is adamant that it is essential to normalise male genitals in female spaces. I mean, that's, and that's it, in like, I'm talking in a mainstream big newspaper here. We are not talking Twitter rows here. That's an
0: incredible statement.
1: It's an incredible statement, but it's going to come. It's that's fast I mean, becoming law across America because Biden's Equality Act.
0: I, I mean, I saw is a that, mainstream. I'm not going to name names. A mainstream leftist commentator in this in this country saying the problem with that case with the with, in the spa. Is that why, why is your daughter looking at people's genitals? You need to, oh
1: God, I know. Need to
0: train your daughter not yeah. to do that because it's rude. I
1: know. This is
0: incredible. And also, as you've alluded to there, it doesn't matter if um, there's only a few people who identify as, a few men who identify as women in order to explore that fetish of exposing themselves. Yeah, it's a very it, common
1: it, male fetish, that one. It's the most common male well, fetish. Well, I was
0: going to say that is a common fetish, right? Yes. So to suggest that it's, it's just never going to happen is really naive.
1: You don't write laws on the basis that nobody will exploit them. Yes. You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we write the laws specifically for yes. the situations that people might exploit.
0: Well, and, and one of the very clear examples that you explore in the book is about prisons, the yes. way in which self, gender self-idea is obviously going to be exploited. Yes. Not just because actually being in a women's prison is safer <laughs> than being in a man's prison, particularly if you're, sexu- uh, yes. if you're guilty of sexual assault. You know, so there's that. People will, will for yes. their own safety, do that. But 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 women have been sexually assaulted in prisons as yes. a result of uh, men identifying as women and going into those prisons. That's not a it's not a myth. That's ha- that has that's actually happened. happened. That has happened in
1: Australia. It's happened in Canada. It's happened here. It's happened in you know many American states. It's very think... very hard to find data about this because they record these people as women.
0: So well, they that's, put this that...
1: down as a female on female See
0: so That's the problem: is that people are people are going to think. I'm making this up almost because people don't know, report on it very much. But also
1: because it's mad.
0: Well, there's also that. You know, so yeah. I think
1: that's one of the reasons this has gone so far is it's so mad that people just just don't believe it can be happening. Yeah, yeah. So when I first stumbled upon this in 2017 or so, you know, I didn't, I didn't get my... My head straight on it. You always tell you that story? You always tell you the stumbling on it story? Please do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just asked to write an article about it. I knew nothing about it. This had, this had it passed me by. Just completely by
0: accident that you were just asked? Yeah, somebody almost...
1: said, like, Why, you know, what's going on here? Kids keep coming home from school and saying, you know, such and such is non-binary or such and such is friends now or yes. whatever. What's happening? And I was like, mm, no idea. I'll look into it.
0: And when was this?
1: 2017
0: so relatively recently I mean
1: I knew nothing about it if somebody had asked me about it then I would have said the summary that you read out effectively I was vaguely aware that there were some people who for reasons that I had never given a moment's thought really felt uncomfortable being of their sex yes and, you know, I had probably never formulated the thought in my mind, but I understood that there were doctors who did something. Yeah. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't gone as far as thinking, oh, male brain and female body or anything like that, which is just stupid because, I mean, your brain is part of your body, so yeah. it's the same sex that you are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was. It was, just, it was just something over there. I was busy. I was doing other things. It wasn't me. Didn't know anyone like this. It was very rare. That's all I knew. Yes. And then I started to look into it, and that was when I realised that this was not being treated like any other subject. And in particular for a journalist... Like as you know, we don't have a clue about anything. We just go and ask people stuff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the way it works. You turn don't up let and you se- industry secrets <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: but you do, you turn up and you ask stupid questions. Yeah. That's the accepted way to do it. Yeah. They tell you stuff, and if you didn't understand it, you ask again. Yes. And you ask in different words, they try to explain it in different words, you know, until you until both of you have a meeting of minds and you know, finally you've registered what the balance of trade actually yep. is or whatever, you yep. know. And I have done that on, you know, deforestation in the Amazon, political corruption in Brazil because I was based in Brazil for years. You know, I was the finance editor for a while and I really didn't understand a lot of that there until I asked questions. I've written about paedophiles. I've written about sex offending. I've written about pornography. I've written a lot, you know. And never was I not allowed to just ask a clear, polite, carefully phrased question and get an answer. Like somebody might say, oh, we don't call it that anymore.
0: So people were putting you off, in other words, from...
1: Oh, I was getting emails from people I knew were very nice and good people saying things like, um, I know you don't know this, so I'm going to forgive you, but you are literally like a Nazi asking a Jew
0: to come on a platform and be shot. I mean, this is... Literally. Well, they use that word... Very liberally, shall I say the word literally? It, it's it, they.
1: No, they, they, I, I mean I have these emails. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, believe it. You know, and, you know, I've, I've yeah, seen this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and this was me saying, you know, um, I'm writing this article. Um, I'm interested in what uh, is being taught in schools. I'm interested in the way Stonewall's ideology has changed. Um, I'm interested, um, you know, in gender, the treatment of gender dysphoria. This was not me saying, you know. I, I think trans people should all be shot or some nonsense But, but they like don't this. see the
0: distinction. They see the, the idea of, as I said before, raising questions is tantamount yep. to fascism.
1: But this included some really nice people who bothered to explain to me that what I was doing was fascism. They, they wanted to give me a chance to recant. They weren't these horrible cancelers. You know, They weren't yeah. people who did it publicly, they did it privately. Well, that's something. No, no, I mean, I, really, I, I respect these people still. I think they've been told that people like me hate them.
0: yes. Yeah, and they believe it.
1: Yeah, of course they believe it because they're told it all the time by their entire community, by the organisations that are meant to represent them, by charities with good names like yes. Stonewall, you know, that people like me want them dead.
0: But, but this is going to be why it's so difficult because, because actually we have to have these conversations. Yeah. Not least because so much of this is having an impact on children. Yes, You know, and you, you mentioned in the book that one of the main impulses for writing the book was the experience of detransition. That's right. Do you want to talk, tell us yeah. a little bit
1: about that? Yeah, so... Um, Really, I mean, I, I had the good luck to meet one of the early gender doctors, a chap called Richard Green, who retired and lived in London for um, a bit. And he died, I think, in 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. But I met him in 2017 when I first got interested in the subject. And he he was the person who did the very first study of children who said that they were really meant to be the opposite sex. Yes, And that was in L.A., Um 1970s sometime I can't remember exactly it was a long study and uh, it was very well done and he wrote a whole big fat book that's out of print now about it and he said nobody thought we would treat these children nobody would have dreamed of treating these children with surgery or drugs or anything like that then we just wanted to know did a child who felt like that grow up to be an adult who felt yes. like that and what he discovered was no children who feel like that grow up to be gay Yeah. not all of them but that's the overwhelming majority yes. almost none of them grow up to say that they really feel like members Wait, of the opposite you, you, sex.
0: You make the point in the book that the, the statistics are in on this, that, that the vast majority of kids, once they go through puberty, that their gender... Puberty teaches them. Yeah. That, that it, it is resolved. Puberty, it's, it's resolved, resolved. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes. But um, if, you,
0: if you've if you already gone in there with the, the hormone blockers yes. and you've started you, that you've, process... You've stopped,
1: you've stopped the process whereby the world and your body and your maturing intellect and whatever teach you that it's but, okay, that but, you can be the person you are in this body. But
0: I think a lot of people won't believe that this is happening either. Because, yeah, it, because it seems okay. Because also, in every other sphere of life, we know that young children are not qualified to, to consent to anything. But you, uh, ha-
1: you have to believe in the idea that somebody can be a different sex in their soul or their mind.
0: Yes, in and a religious way.
1: Yes, and if you believe that, it all makes sense. Because then you believe that, you know, that somehow, you know, it's injected into you at conception or something, you know, that something happened at conception that you have a soul that doesn't match your body. And if you believe that, of course, why would you leave a child to be living in the wrong body?
0: But yet that premise to me strikes me as as faith, pure faith. It
1: is pure faith, but it's often not examined. People, you know, people are told it and none of us are experts in everything and... You know, you're, you're told to by all the learned societies and the charities with good names and the government seems to think it too yes. and so on. So why you know, why would you be questioning it You're go- busy.
0: And the government would think it because Stonewall think it and Stonewall yeah, have yeah, yeah. The, the... That's
1: you call in. It, it has
0: influence absolutely everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. and But if they're wrong, then yeah. all of these other quangos and, and the civil service and other bodies will be wrong as well. And
1: yeah, I've become very cynical, I must say, about um, big institutionalised charities and think tanks and so on since writing this book. I didn't realise, I had no idea the extent to which you know, after their initial mission is, yeah. is, 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 uh, is completed, they move on. You know, they now want to survive, so they yes. find the next cause. And it's the same people, it's the crats and, you know, charitocrats who just circulate between these, and they go from one that does, you know, autism to one that does, you know, guide dogs for the blind to one that does trans kids, da-da-da, yeah. you know. And they just, their business is business.
0: Yes, and they have to keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and when it comes to children, I mean, uh, you actually quote the statistics of how again how rapidly this has happened. You said that in 1989, when the Tavistock Clinic opened, there were two referrals, both young boys. By 2020, there were two thousand three hundred and seventy eight referrals, almost three quarters of them girls, and most of them teenagers. Mm-hmm. Not only does that uh, reveal the extent of how quickly this this has escalated, but it also implies that there's an element of social contagion yes, here. there is. And particularly, I mean, I know, because I used to teach in a girls' school, and I remember being very struck, being on lunch duty, I was told to watch the girls with their plates, because they would they would try and just take a leaf of lettuce and go and sit down, because anorexia was everywhere, yeah. eating disorders were everywhere, which, those, that was not a thing when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, g- girls Same. weren't doing that at Same. all, right? So, so the idea that teenage girls are not susceptible to social contagion is demonstrably false. Yeah. Um, and, and this seems to be something that is particularly the case with girls, Why do you think that might be?
1: I mean, nobody knows. And it's one of those things that people don't study because it falls into the unpleasant category of sex differences. Mm -hmm. And sex differences are not meant to be studied and not meant to be talked about. Yes it is true to anybody who knows teenagers yes so i am i'm in my early 50s and i have a friend who's some years younger than me and she was she and i were talking about the book and she was telling me that when she was about 14 they had a talk in school about this new disease bulimia and it was explaining how you know some children some girls mostly um eat and then throw up and yeah. it, in it it said um, you know they might even use their toothbrush put a toothbrush down the back of their throat to make themselves sick yes she said a week later there were 14 girls in her class who were putting toothbrushes down their throats uh, now uh, i had that conversation with one of the young trans women uh, and de-transition, detransitioned women i talked to in this and she is a lot younger she would be 25 or so now yes and i told her that story and Her face sort of went red and her eyes welled up and she almost couldn't speak because she also has an eating disorder. It was eating disorder first and Mm -hmm. then the experience of thinking that she was in the wrong body. And she said, I put my toothbrush down my throat to to make myself sick. That bloody idea was in some wretched uh, educational video that was shown to lots of teenage girls in, I think, the 1980s. Yes. And now there are little girls or young women or teenage girls all over the damn world sticking their damn toothbrushes down their throat. And I've just contributed to that, I'm afraid.
0: Right. I mean, it's the same with self-harm. <sighs> yes. Actually, that, that was a similar thing. I, mean, yes. I remember doing teacher training where they... Uh, the Foolishly
1: said something yeah, about this. It,
0: it, it was, it, And it became yes. a contagion. And I think that's something that we have to uh, address. Yeah. Um, but, we're but, very
1: we're very silly about it. Like, everybody knows it. Like, it's in Dr. Spock. Did you did you ever see the Dr. Spock books for kids? No. In <laughs> fact, Dr. Spock, it was Baby and Child Care. Like, there were these great books, millions, tens of millions of copies. Yes. And he said he quoted a mother who said once when she went out, like, some evil genius said to her to say to the children, don't put peas up your nose. Yeah. And she came home and they'd all put peas up right, their okay, nose. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: But you know it does it, it it really matters because lately I've been seeing more and more of these videos by detransitioners. Yes. People who say, you know, I wish I could go back. I wish I'd have had better advice. Yeah. Kira Bell's a famous example yeah. in, in this country and she says if if when she was younger someone had said, Your your body it's fine, your body nobody is fine. nobody said
1: that to her ever. I know Kira. She's lovely. She's a lovely young woman. She's bisexual, lesbian, she's still not really very sure where yeah. her sexuality lands. She would be a notably gender non-conforming person. Yes, I mean she's obviously a woman, but she's just she's just she's just unusual unusual person. You know, well,
0: she's you now know. taken to have a doctor. Yes, right, then, so. so
1: she um, she had a very miserable childhood, which the wretched wretched gender therapists never asked her anything about. She, and and then she you know she was trying to work her sexuality out about, yeah. out, and she was looking at these videos online, and she ended up finding. Trans videos yes. was that these trans men, meaning girls who take testosterone and who talk about how great it makes them feel. because yeah. testosterone does. Yes, you're stronger. Your emotions are a bit dampened down. You know, it's yeah. kind of exciting. You're going through a big change. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Cut a long story short, she took um, puberty blockers for a She took testosterone. She had a double mastectomy when she was, I think, 18. And then when she was 21, she said what she actually thought that somehow they were going to do was actually turn her into a man. Yeah. She didn't want to be a pretend man. She didn't want to be, you know, when she took her clothes off and looked at herself in the mirror, she was a woman without breasts. Yeah, she wanted to be a man, and that was not achievable. Yeah, and they had lied to her, and now she has taken testosterone for some years. She has to shave. Yes, she's lucky she doesn't have um, the the male pattern baldness gene, so she yes. still has her hair, beautiful hair. Um, so, the, so, so the yeah,
0: so the she, guidance was re- really. At she
1: had six six therapy sessions, but they weren't therapy sessions. I've talked to therapists about what you have to do with kids who have gender dysphoria. She did not have therapy. It was tick box. She was a school refuser. She was in a very miserable situation at home. She was highly depressed. She was struggling with her sexuality. None of that came out in these
0: sessions. So are you you saying that the the, the people involved with the guidance were were willing her to to undertake these changes?
1: I mean, I wasn't there, but they they were going through a tick box situation where they went like, you know, do you feel like you were meant to be a boy? Yes, great, next...
0: You know? But that's such a big question. That's the, what because what but do you the, mean by but The boy ideology you know?
1: is that if you say that's what you are. So okay. she she's gone to court, yes, but I mean a lot of Americans don't understand this. They think that she's sued because Americans like suing people. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah, she hasn't sued. She hasn't sued at all. What she's done is taken a judicial review. Yes. Which is a totally different thing. She gets nothing from this. She'll get not a penny. She's putting putting an enormous amount of unpaid work in right. to trying to make other children's treatment better. Yes. So that's what she's done, okay. and the first hearing found that children were not capable of consenting to the treatment pathway yes. that she was put on. And there's a subtle and important point here. The way this treatment pathway goes is a prepubescent child comes in and says, I'm really meant to be the opposite sex, or I really am the opposite sex. They yeah. say, great, lovely, wonderful, uh, dress, change your name, whatever. You know, um, Puberty comes along, block puberty, yeah. cross-sex hormones, surgery. Yes. Nobody comes off this pathway before
0: the cross-sex hormones. Oh, because the, the counter people will say, "Well, puberty block—that that's they, not forever." You,
1: yeah, and you, parents are sold it on that basis. Parents are told that nothing well, they, irreversible happens,
0: and they're also told that if you don't do something, your, your child, child will, kill will kill themselves. So that yeah. and that is the most terrifying, yes, uh, almost threat. And, but and, and I and you know I can understand that it's that quite that, abusive. That I can understand that you know a, a child with gender dysphoria c- could have suicidal thoughts, and you know so well,
1: especially that, if you suggest it to them. By the way,
0: quite. Yeah, so that's where I was sort of going. Yeah, that's where I was sort of going with that. L- listen,
1: it, it's a miserable experience thinking that you were meant to be the opposite sex. Yeah, yeah. You really need to be supported and explored. You know, people need to say to you, you can be and do anything, you know, yeah, yeah. let's talk about it, whatever. It could come from abuse. It could come from a lot of things. You don't, you know, you don't be mean to somebody. No,
0: compassion is the key to this. Isn't yes, it? It, it, but compassion. Not lying either. Right, and and also uh, in, interrogating what what the issue is, rather than coming at it with a preconceived idea yeah. of what the solution is. I
1: mean, some of the detransitioners I know say that it, their parents really wanted a child of the opposite sex, and that they think now, looking back, that they were unconsciously trying to be loved by their parents.
0: Well, also, I mean, some feminists have raised the issue that that it. A lot of girls are sort of identifying as anything but female. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I see
1: that. I, I, I know a bunch of teenage girls, and you know, quite surprising the number of them who identify as non-binary, and they do these really naff things like calling themselves Phoenix and Neo. Right. I mean, literally reborn or new or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's 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 presented as a way to. Wipe the slate clean and become a new person. Yes, who wouldn't want to? Uh,
0: particularly when you're going through puberty and yes. everything is changing, and you're yes. and you're trying to make sense of everything. And then they're
1: ogling your boobs, and you know, it's just yes. who wants that when you're like 13, you know? Yeah. yeah, So I totally see what they're doing, but the thing is that then there's this ideology that interprets what they're saying as you have a soul that makes you non-binary or boy or whatever, and the solution to that is drugs. Yes. And so the, the judge in Kira Bell's judicial review said that because this pathway, like almost nobody who takes puberty blockers doesn't go on to cross-sex hormones. It's like yep. 98, 99%. Really? Yeah, like literally okay. 98, 99%. Okay. Because you, you're, you're avoiding this, the, the pathway that would teach you that you don't need to. Yes. You've literally blocked the process whereby it would resolve. Yes. So when you consent to puberty blockers, the judges said, you are consenting to cross-sex hormones.
0: Ah, that yeah. was in the ruling.
1: Yes. Yes, and the thing is, they wait till sixteen to give you cross-sex hormones because then you can consent. Yes, they're giving you the puberty blockers as a way to buy time until you can consent. But the judge said, actually, you're consenting to
0: okay. the cross-sex well, that's a ver- yes. yes. Okay.
1: So in this wretched hearing, um, the Tavistock, for example, said that they had given um, puberty blockers to three ten-year-olds, all of them female people, like girls.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they haven't talked about fertility because if you don't go through your own puberty, you will you'll be sterile. Yes. And I mean sterile, I don't mean infertile. I mean, if I was infertile, both my children are by IVF, but I wasn't sterile. Yes. These are, I mean sterile, I mean it is not going to be possible for you to have genetic children.
0: But again, people will think this is amazing. You're talking about 10-year-olds. Yes. Po- but, but the thing was,
1: they didn't talk about it because, and, and they asked, and the, the lawyer for the endocrinologist for the Tavistock, because the Tavistock refer you to an endocrinologist yeah. to get your your hormones, your hormone blockers said that they didn't need to because if these children wanted, they could come off the puberty blockers at 14 or 15 for a year or a year and a half, and let their ovaries mature enough that there, some eggs could be collected and frozen, and then go back on the puberty blockers if they wanted and then on testosterone. So they literally put these 10-year-olds on a path to sterility on the basis of this thing that never happens. Right. And anyway, even if you're 14 or 15 and you spend a year, year and a half and they take your eggs where the hell, who's going to bloody well carry these eggs I this is it's just fantasy land so this is just a sort of hypothetical yeah. that gets you out of this ridiculous pathway you've put yourself and I can't believe somebody stood up in court and said that
0: but i think this but is they did. this is why uh, eventually this will have to come to a head because I think when, when children are involved in these kind of things yes. and, and, and they don't have that, they can't make those decisions yeah. and we have adults making those decisions Well, there's, a reg- there's
1: another case going on at the moment, the Good Law Project, which is Jolie and Mom's project, which, you know, seems to just collect money to take leg- legal cases that he fancies taking. They're taking the Tavistock to court to try to force them to accept parental consent because that's the way you normally get around the way that children can't consent is you get their parents to consent. Yes. The Tavistock has never asked for parental consent for a very interesting reasons. So if you have a child who has, say, a broken bone and you get the parent to consent to the operation to put it aligned, you can say to the parent, look, it's a broken bone, this is causing pain, if we don't do anything, this is what will happen, if we do do something, this is how it will get fixed, it will be healed in six weeks.
0: Straightforward. (laughs) Yes.
1: Gender dysphoria, nobody can see, and nobody can feel, and nobody knows what will happen with it. Only the person themselves can tell you how bad they feel. Yeah. So there's no way you can say to the parent oh, you know, it's like this, these are the statistics, this is what the treatment is, this is what will happen, and if we don't do it, will be something else. Yeah. So the Tavistock has always said they require the child to consent. Okay. And the child can consent to cross-sex hormones. That's the role of the puberty blockers, yes. to give children something they can consent to because it's meant to be reversible. I see. So Jolie and Mom's Good Law Project is taking the Tavistock to course to try to force them to accept parental consent.
0: Right. Okay. <sighs> okay. All right, well I think
1: I know this is all very complex. I mean no but, but that's I think part it's Im- of the reason it's happening.
0: I think it's important that you outline this stuff because I as I say I think this is the sort of stuff that people don't know.
1: No, no, who would know a, this? And,
0: and and would find difficult to believe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking <laughs> if to another journalist the other day and he said that he was asked to write about the um he's not British, uh, he's elsewhere. He was asked to write about the um Kira Bell case. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he writes about legal things. Because it was just interesting and it went all over the world. And his editor said to him, it's awful what they're doing to these poor trans children. They'll kill themselves if they don't uh, get their their drugs and, you know, these people, these homophobes, blah, 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 you know. And because he's an old-fashioned journalist who reads what's said, he went, hmm, that's not what it's like. And now he's nearly as obsessed as me.
0: Yeah. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> interesting. It, it just takes one sort of tipping point, it and, and then you, you
1: asking the questions, yeah.
0: and not just letting it go by at drive-by speed. That's why I think it is in the interest of the more extreme trans lobby not to allow the questions to happen. I can't help but notice. I mean, I've I've, I've talked about the uh, the uh, threats and things like that, and threats of violence. But actually, there's more than that. There's a rhetoric of violence more broadly. Yes. Like so, when, uh, for instance. Um, even the phrase "turf trans-exclusionary radical feminist, which has become like a slur, like witch. Like yeah, you the, can say it when you're not allowed to say the C word. Exactly. quite right, right, exactly. And I've seen so many genuinely misogynistic yeah. posts. It must be fun, mustn't it, uh, if you're a real misogynist. If you, This gives you such cover. I mean, when the J.K. Rowling uh, uh, debates were happening and someone collected all of the uh, screenshots of the, the abuse she yeah. have been having yeah, on, on media... And yeah. it, well, they, they were rape threats. They, yeah. were, they were to do with... Um,
1: I'll rape you with a baseball bat with, you know, nails it, in it.
0: It was just yeah. misogyny of the kind I've never seen. So, I mean, yeah. this is, that's why it feels regressive. Now, yeah. I know that's a monot- like Most trans people would find that abhorrent.
1: Yeah, this it, isn't it, it, about trans people. This yeah. really is not. You know, I keep saying this in the book. It's about an ideology. And this ideology is a
0: misogynistic, homophobic... Totalitarian ideology. And I think this is worth emphasising that because I think this is actually uh, uh, doing a disservice to trans Hugely. people. Hugely.
1: Hugely. I mean, for a start, it's associating them with some awful things. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I cannot overemphasise this is not trans people I'm talking about. This is the activists, many of whom are not yeah. trans, yeah. who've seized on this as their cause because it makes them feel good or they think it's progressive or they're just misogynists.
0: I don't yeah. know, lots of different reasons. I think you'd have to be misogynist to write some of those things. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that has yes, to be Yes, but in lots
1: you. of people aren't like that. Yeah, lots, yeah, of, you yeah. know, lots of them aren't. Lots of them are actually you know, just, just totalitarian. Yes. Uh, so this is their cause. But if you look at what they're trying to do, like what are the actual things in the real world they're trying to do? Put rapists in women's jails. Get males into female sports. Make sure that children can be sterilised if they say they think they're of the opposite sex. Uh, make sure that women can't have any words to describe themselves that can't always be used for males. This is—if I were trans, I really wouldn't want to be associated with any of this. Right. I'm just trying to live my life. Yeah, and it's not an easy life, you know. So, so the activists are doing them a huge disservice by—and you know—we'll all come come tumbling down, possibly because but, of the sport, but maybe because of the children.
0: But also, the corporations don't seem to understand that by by siding with this this very small reactionary group of activists yeah. they're doing such sort a of, you know when Tampax start saying people who bleed rather yeah, than but the women yeah it's cheap
1: isn't it you know yeah. like the, the, i, I God, that's another thing i've become incredibly cynical about is corporate yeah, sort yeah. of you know greenwashing rainbow washing yeah same with pride pride yeah. is just big a big time, corporate big fest. Time, yeah, as most gay it. people think now yeah yeah yeah, yeah so so it's, you know if you if you were if you were a corporation and you were thinking what do i do to be truly inclusive that's going to be expensive and hard yeah you're going to have to think about disability yes. you're gonna to have to think about people who have children people who have mental health issues you're really going to have to think and work and spend yes just put another sign by every woman sign on your toilets just put a man sign with it and get a stonewall diversity champion badge and you know all that's happened is your women your female employees have
0: lost rights but who gives a toss but, but i have to say it, it isn't happening with men i don't see men called uh, impregnators or, or prostate havers, whereas I do hear women being called menstruators, yes. and 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 individuals with a cervix. That was CNN. I know absolutely. So, classic, so that's just isn't reducing it? women to their body, the body parts in a, in a way that they. Also, Wim XN W O M X N. Yeah, apparently, it's meant to be Womexn. 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 Yes. I, I, I don't was, know if I it is, I thought it was Remixn. It doesn't matter. No one can pronounce it. Yeah. And I, 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 I go Wuxamuxn. Wuxamuxn. Because,
1: because X is, is obviously <laughs> the most progressive letter in the alphabet and should be put in instead of all vowels. Right, oh, I
0: see. Yes. Because so my
1: name is Hexalexon. this I mean, this is. I'm
0: making this up. People <laughs> claim that this is more. The word Womexn is more inclusive than woman, but I don't see. No, I don't see people not. censoring the word man or, or men. So th- this does make me think. It's coming your way. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe so that is in happening. the
1: book, um, somebody mm. pointed out to me that if you search cervix haver, you will find many things. Yes. And in particular, advice to women to get their cervix, their cervical smears yes. will say, you know, anyone with the cervix. Yeah. But they never do this for men in the prostate. Check. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. So they don't say prostate haver or anything like that. Yeah. And she said, Google testicle haver and you will be asked, oh, that's did the you thing. mean testicle shaver? So I tried it, and yes, indeed, I was directed to buying you know, kits for de hairing men's special yeah. You want to watch your Google man searches garden, now, you know. <laughs> Well, anyway, I put this in the book, and one of the people who read it before it came out that I had asked for a review um, messaged me and said, by the way, testicle shaver is now on Google. Yeah. Like, or testicle haver, I mean, is now Just on Google. Have. There's now testicle havers.
0: It's coming your way. Well, that's something to look forward to. Um, yes. But I, I think in order to, to combat all of this, we're going to have to get beyond these linguistic tricks and these games that are that are going on, which is all part, I think, of this false reality. Yes. But also people stop having to side, uh, stop siding with these very aggressive and violent. Um, can I give you an example of a corporation doing this? A dictionary.com. Yeah. One of the biggest online dictionaries. They put up an article explaining what turf meant. This went up last year. But their example phrase was punch a turf. Yeah. That's a mainstream online dictionary implicitly endorsing violence. So it's not just that they are, you know, rainbow washing or going along with it. They're actually... That will
1: be, that'll have been some algorithm because that's the way that those dictionaries work. They look for common uses of words. So it's actually even more revealing than you are saying.
0: Wow. But, big, the, but yeah. you would think someone producing the article would think that's. It not might the have gone
1: past without anyone seeing it. Um, well, they so put it up
0: in a big box, though. It well, yeah, maybe somebody I, thought it was I, good. Yeah, I like Punch and Nancy.
1: Yeah, but it would, have, it, would have, it would have come up as a, an algorithmic search. Uh, a journalist I know who writes for, in, for an Amer- big American outlet said that she was trying to write an article about you know this argument here in Britain between yeah. different flavours of feminism because this is where it's happening. You know. And the sort of people like me are called gender critical, like we're critical of this idea of gender identity ideology. Yes. So she wrote her article and she said gender critical feminists. She explained it was da da da. And her editor tried to change every mention of gender critical to transphobic because that was the style guide.
0: That's the style that guide. That was the
1: style guide. And it was the style guide that was produced by GLAAD, GLAD, which yes. used to be called the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation and is now just GLAD. They have this style guide for journalists, you know, that explains that, you know, male and female are bigoted terms and that, you know, you don't, you know, that you don't refer to trans women who've just been arrested for rape as trans women yes. because that's, their transness isn't relevant and yada, 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 you know. But anyway, gender critical is meant to be like saying that somebody is a race realist.
0: No, I've, I've heard... I, I've heard of this as kind of rhetorical sleight of hand from those who want to undermine gender critical feminists. You're just a that, transfer. That's just you're just a transfer. But yeah. for it to be in a style guide. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. But that uh, is astonishing. But see, this is what I mean about the capture. This is the thing about the capture by the charities and the think tanks and this this world, this NGO-type world. Yeah. They you know they produce, you know, style guides, policy documents, da da. You imagine you're a busy um, politician, you're meant to have an opinion on absolutely blim everything. Yeah. And, you know, in comes this bizarre issue. Like, somebody's going, "What, you know, what's your position on gender self-identification? You're like, a position on gender self-identification? I've never thought about it in my life. Yeah. Oh,
0: Stonewall will have a guide. Yes. You know? And then that's where yeah. the problem starts.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you can see how this happens. It happens right across the board.
0: So... What do we do about this? We have to come to an end very soon. But but, (laughs) I mean, I could honestly, I could talk for hours about this because I have been talking about this non-stop
1: for two years. (laughs) I have a very, very, very long-suffering husband and two long-suffering sons. (laughs) I am
0: sure they're just sick of the whole topic, but they
1: just have a little off switch. But
0: it does matter because it isn't just actually about the issue of women and gay men and, and, and children and all, all these other things. It's about our perception of reality and the, and, and the the need for us to have a shared understanding of what is real and what is and not. And a
1: language that we can share between us as well. Yes, you exactly. know One of the things that we haven't touched on and it's a short point to make is this is a highly linguistic movement and yep. a lot of social justice movements at the moment are highly linguistic. You know, they put all their effort into policing the things that people say rather than what they do. Yes. And that isn't just because it's easy cheap activism, it's because it's it's the way that they think reality is shaped. They think the language makes reality. Yes.
0: It's the postmodernist idea. Yes, it is.
1: Yeah. So, you know, everything is socially constructed. Lots of things are socially constructed, by sure. the way. But Not everything is socially constructed. There's a bedrock there. They don't see that. So they think that if they police our language, they can change, literally change reality, that those male people will no longer be male if nobody's allowed to say it.
0: And that's why you get these phrases like, trans women are women. Yeah, it's it's catechism. Which is... Yes, it is. It's dogma. It's it's, yeah. it's like I mean, you. you it's you, said
1: to. It's said to bring it into reality.
0: You've mentioned here, uh, Robert J. Lifton's phrase, which is a thought terminating cliche. Yeah. I think that it. It hits a nail on the head, and actually, to, I loved
1: to, that when I read that. I got shivers down my. Well, back. it's
0: perfect. That's exactly it right, because it's it's designed to end the conversation.
1: He says that he said it's a short. I, I mean, it, you might have the full. It's short. Um, Something like plausible-sounding uh, catchphrase that is the start and end of any conversation. Yes. So I've had that so many times. You know, you say, "Well, come on, what about um, you know trans women in women's sports?" But trans women are women. And that.
0: Yes. QED. Yes, you know? <laughs> but, but then, I mean, I've seen these arguments on Twitter endlessly, but then what is a woman?
1: Oh, uh, a yes. woman is someone
0: who feels that they are a woman. Yes,
1: but what is that? And that's a circular definition. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, we're on the same page here, yeah. but so it's, it's, what do we do? What well, do we do? Well, I think
0: that's interesting what you mentioned about language, is how do we, how do we bring back shared definitions, even phrases like safety? You know, when when when, when trans activists say, to, to, yeah. to raise questions, you are making me feel unsafe, safe, yes. which means that employers have an obligation then to do something about it. Yeah, right? I mean, I feel you know,
1: unsafe, you know, Know, or I don't because I don't I don't stoop to that level, you yes. know. But I mean, I could easily say I feel unsafe when people, you know, call me a cervix haver and tell me I'm not allowed to describe myself as a woman, and that I have to accept rapists in my jail if I'm ever put in jail. Yes, you
0: know? yes. So, well, that yeah. actually is, is unsafe. It is unsafe. Well, that, yes, that's what it means. But
1: that that's like body unsafe as opposed yes. to you know head yeah. word unsafe. Yes. Uh, so then, so how it, do we get?
0: Well, what I'm yeah. asking is, how do we get past this, this well, linguistic obviously, mind? Field.
1: Obviously, I hope a lot of people will read my book. Yes. So, I mean, I really did try to write a book, and the reason I called it Trends which has got me criticism because people say, why am I a non-trans person writing a book about trans people? It's not a book about trans people. It's a book about an idea. Yes. I wanted people who, like me, in 2017, were thinking, what's this all about then?
0: Yeah to
1: pick this book up and to know now what it is all about so that's that's one thing I would say I'm not just saying it because I wrote it I just think, no, I think if you want to know what's happening this is what it is I think that's
0: key I think your book's very important because of that Because and I also hope that a lot of the people who are repeating mantras such as trans women are women and ending their thought there terminating their thought there, yeah. will read the book and at least have an understanding of where the criticisms come yes. from and maybe then they'll stop saying anyone who says that is a transphobe because yeah, they might so I understand think they say it because
1: they're afraid to let the thought go any further themselves yeah, maybe. I mean, that's what the, that the job, Robert J. Lifton one, it's, um, it's Thought Reform in Communist China, is what the book is about. Mm. And it's about how you learn to put the, the, the thought police inside your own head. You don't rely on other people to tell you what you're allowed to think. Yeah. You learn to stop yourself from thinking the wrong thing. Yes. It is about wrong think. It's very Orwellian. Yeah. Lots of things are said to be Orwellian, I know that, but this really is Orwellian. It's
0: become a cliche, and yet it, it's a cliche because it's so accurate.
1: Yeah, oh my God. I and mean, that's why I put one of Orwell's quotes at the beginning, you know. Yeah. Uh, freedom is the freedom to say that two and two is four. Yes. You know, if you have that, all else follows. Yeah. i butchered that. No, but approach. I
0: know exactly the, the yeah. <laughs> yes, what you mean. And <laughs>
1: Yeah. And
0: it is a reshaping of reality in that way. Yes. That's what's going yes. on. So,
1: so what what do you do? I mean, if, you, if you're if you worried here, I mean, you could just try to level up another one of Maya status phrases. Yeah. So, you know, if you've never dared to talk to somebody about this, talk to somebody about it. Say, yeah. did you see that Laurel Hubbard person? Did you see that thing about putting male rapists in women's prisons I was just a bit worried about that or you know, the kids the, the trans kids things worrying me like just be open ended
0: and, and, and try to ignore I mean the, for instance when people get threatened when Selena Todd you know the yeah. pres- uh, pre- professor of history at Oxford has to ha- have bodyguards to her lectures because she has cri- gender critical views that signals to everyone else don't you dare raise questions about this that's yeah. what that achieves yeah. it's, now, it's- I
1: mean I asked Selena because I put her in the book I said do you still have to have bodyguards at your lectures and she said no that was one term so I'm not saying that's OK. No, it's definitely not. But what but I'm saying is that if you are relentlessly polite and reasonable yeah. and you keep bringing what you're saying back to grounded, shared reality and you don't set out your way to be provocative. I, I really I really didn't try to be provocative here. I just tried to be, you know, these are the facts. These are, you know, yeah. this is the reality that we all know. This is why I think it, Um
0: and you've succeeded in that, I have to say. It's, it's not you. a provocative book at all. Yeah. It is, it I'm, is not
1: a, I'm not a provocative person. I, I, I'm not interested. It's just people who are very good at it, I'm
0: not. But the very act of raising the issue
1: so is, like, I suppose. You know. Well, no, you see, I don't think so. I think that we have to keep, we have to insist and take back that territory. Yeah. If someone wants to find it provocative for me to say that there are two sexes, they're the ones who are being provoked. I'm not being... Yeah, prov- oh no, I'm not saying it's from you. No, I know you're not. But it's, that's what I'm it's... saying. We have to keep saying that. I have to keep saying... It is not unreasonable of me to say yeah. that male yeah. and female are immutable categories. If you wish to take that as unreasonable, that is on you. I will continue to do it. I'm not going to be... A, I'm not going to step back. I'm also not going to step forward. I'm not going to start shouting at you. I'm not going down your route. I'm not following you into the gutter. I'm just going to keep saying what I need to say.
0: And hopefully more and more people will do so.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and so I I think that's my best advice, really, is don't be afraid. You know, they shout a lot. You know that most people agree. Like, really hardly anyone thinks this stuff, but unfortunately they've captured policy and they've captured language and they've captured you know certain aspects of the media and so on. Most people know perfectly well that people with penises are men and people with vaginas are women, really. Yes. Um, So you are in the great majority, even if you've been frightened out of saying that, and there's a lot of strength in that, because once the majority start to speak you know, then this all ends, honestly. This, this, this really has only kept going because people haven't spoken.
0: Well, I think that's a, an excellent note to end on, very optimistic, yes. ultimately. Helen, uh, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, join us next time on Free Speech Nation.